0: Welcome to the Getting Soul Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Page, addict, alcoholic, turned sober and free, mental health advocate, guest speaker, fitness cover model, trauma-informed life coach, intuitive empath, lover of laughter, donuts, authenticity, and addicted to growth. Each episode, I will host a special guest or topic that will help empower you to conquer any and all obstacles and fears to rise. This show is your one-stop shop for raw truth and unapologetic growth. Welcome back to the show. You guys, I am beyond thrilled to have this next guest on my show. Lee Hammock, known as Mental Illness on social media. Many of you already know him. He is a self-aware, diagnosed, narcissist, mental health author motivational speaker and social media influencer that uses humor and the absolute truth to help others become aware of and heal from narcissistic abuse. Also, just to note, um, trigger warning as this episode will cover topics like abuse and trauma that may be sensitive to some. So a few years ago, I was coming out of a narcissistic abusive relationship was someone my therapist believes to have narcissistic personality disorder as well as antisocial personality disorder. Um, In other words, a narcissistic psychopath. Um, I came across Lee Hammock on social media shortly after I broke free from that relationship. And you guys, I wish I had come across him sooner because I can't even begin to describe how helpful eye-opening and healing Um, His videos have been for me and thousands and thousands of others. It was during our one-on-one consulting session that he also helped me to truly understand what I had dealt with. Um, With a strong social media presence and empowering message, I am honored to have you on the show today, not to mention you happen to be from my hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Lee, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners?
1: So my name is Lee Hammack. I'm a clinically diagnosed narcissist and, uh, you know, Melissa said pretty much everything I do. (laughs) Um, I've been in psychotherapy for the last six years, but I've been talking about my mental health journey on social media for almost the last three and a half years. Um, helping people, you know, understand what they've been through. Um, actually speaking to quite a few narcissists themselves that are trying to go to therapy and, and hopefully trying to change their lives. You know, that's neither here nor there got to see consistency is the uh the key to that type of stuff right there so yeah man that's pretty much what i do right now like i said i've written a couple like i wrote wrote a kid's book i'm writing another kid's book right now and i'm in process of writing um my actual own book so the kid's book comes first i feel like i need to, to reach the kids because you know yeah you can heal the children you can you know change the world and whatnot
0: yeah absolutely and i love that and you guys um please be sure i will mention this later as well To check out the show notes because I'm going to include that link uh, for your book in everything, all your links and stuff in the show notes. So I do love how you are able to help both people that have encountered, you know, narcissistic abuse, but also help people that are suffering from narcissistic disorder or, you know, um, narcissistic personality disorder. Um, because it is often misunderstood. Uh, so can you just explain to the listeners, what is this? Like, what is narcissistic personality disorder? Because I do feel like that word is thrown around a lot and it doesn't apply in some situations. Um, yeah. So if you could explain it.
1: So narcissistic personality disorder is a per se per, pervasive
0: mm-hmm.
1: personality disorder. It's a mental health condition. It, it's not necessarily described as mental illness because there's a disorder of the personality that causes you to, you know, feel super entitled, mm-hmm. have delusions of grandeur. Um, it typically comes with a lack of empathy, a lack of connection, lack of compassion for other people mm-hmm. um, and things like that. It's just like, there's a, it's varying degrees and whatnot of the, you know, the personality disorder per se, but yeah, it doesn't fit everybody mm-hmm. that, you know, the word narcissist is kind of thrown around a lot yeah. in social media. <laughs> yeah, it it, it it is. And I, I I would agree with that, you know, but for me, as a diagnosed narcissist on this path of growth and learning, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. People mm-hmm. will disagree with me on that. And it's like, well, Lee is is stigmatizing other narcissists and it's making it all narcissists seem like bad people. I'm like, show me a narcissist that is doing good then. Like, show show me somebody <laughs> that's counter, that, like other than myself and like Ben Taylor mm-hmm. and a few other people. Yeah, Show me ones that are being good. Like, cause the groups that I'm mm-hmm. in, most of them like being who they are. Just like, they want, they like, yeah, I'm a narcissist. So what, like, I know who I am. Yeah. And they, and if you don't hold them accountable, it's just like they. It allows them to make excuses for their behaviors. Like that's right, you're right there. This ableism to say the narcissists. They are victims too. Like just because you were a victim in your childhood doesn't mean you get right. to create victims in your adulthood. And that's one of the things I have to grasp in my own, like in my own self, my own journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had things happen to my happen to me in my childhood, but it doesn't like give me an excuse to treat people a certain type of way. Like, hey, look, I had I had childhood trauma. So I'm going to take this out on everybody else. So like I said, I, I do em- try to empathize with people who've been through mm-hmm. childhood trauma and things like that because you know you can't control how you were raised or who raised you or what happened to you when you were a defenseless child, which creates yeah. no system disorder a lot of times. Cause for me, NPD is like a defense mechanism. It's just self-high-level de- self-defense. Yeah. You know, super, super sensitive to criticism and things like that. But just because you're super sensitive to criticism doesn't mean like you get to Hurt other people just like even constructive criticism. Hey, look, that was an amazing conference you just gave, but like you could yeah. have said this right here. What you know, you know that doesn't <laughs> right that you know, just yeah. like, like whoa, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help. Yeah, I loved it. I said, you, it was yeah. great. You said, but anything you say <laughs> after the word but cancels out anything that came before, yeah, you know, in that space right there. So it, it, mm-hmm. it is thrown around a lot, but it's helps, it helps. I feel like it helps more than it hurts, which is the goal yeah. for most things that you do, like. No matter what you do on the world, in the world, there's going to be pushback and people are going to disagree with you. No matter what you do, but I feel like if you help more than you hurt, then and try to even if you're hurting people, understand how the, if you can curtail that hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. then it helps as well. Like don't just silence, don't just cut the people off who you're who it might hurt your message might hurt. Listen to them because it could help mm-hmm. you change your message. Because if you follow me for years, you, my message has kind of changed over the years because I've actually talked to yes. a, lot, a lot of other narcissists you know i used to be like narcissist bad 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 but then i saw people just like lead you say it is right here but not everybody like this i'm like okay i understand this my message has changed the goal is still the same but the mm-hmm. message has changed a little bit more to make it more open to other narcissists say hey look i don't i'm not trying to villainize you i'm just pointing out the behaviors that are toxic that are hurting other people you know yeah the first step in healing is acknowledgement and growth you have to acknowledge what you're doing wrong in order to move forward like Know and that's what the narcissist Mm -hmm. that I do talk to say. There's like, yeah, you pointed out some stuff that hurts and it sucks. But yeah, I had to acknowledge that I was hurting other people. And sometimes they don't know. Like, is it sometimes it's subconsciously you're you've been built up these defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. for so long that you don't even know you're doing it. It's just like natural, you know, it's kind of like tying your shoe. You don't have to like when you first learn how to tie your shoe, you're like the rabbit goes through the loop. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. But after a while, I was just like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to look. Shoot, tied. It's just kind of like that right there. Like it's, it's subconscious. Now, you know how to do it. You've done it so much. You just do it naturally. You don't realize you're doing it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to help as many people as possible on all sides of the spectrum, all sides of the dynamic and whatnot.
0: No, I think that's amazing. And you mentioned a couple things that one, first and foremost, obviously I'm interviewing you. Um, but you guys just a heads up this, my podcast is a self-improvement podcast. It's for men and women. So A lot of the things that we're going to talk about today do apply to women too, because I have met people, um, women that I believe have narcissistic personality disorder. And there's some, I have seen some similarities in the way that they operate the ones that aren't currently getting help. Um, and also you mentioned, you know, just because you had trauma in childhood, not to diminish any childhood trauma that you had, because that's like you said, like when you're a little kid, you can't defend yourself, you know? Um, and trauma is very, very, very real and it bleeds into adulthood. And at the same time, um, you know, you can't use that as a reason, uh, Mm -hmm. to hurt, to hurt others because I did in my scenario, I stayed in that relationship probably even longer than I would have if I had not got, if I had not overly empathized with the person where I was like oh he had a bad childhood so Mm -hmm. he can't help it right um so a couple things to you know that you really i resonated with um so what in your story led you like how did you realize that you had narcissistic personality disorder and um what what happened like after that so
1: for a long time this is and this is the dynamic that a lot of people ask that question Mm -hmm. right there and I never answer it when I'm on the live or something like that because it's such a deep question. It's not just like, yeah. oh, this is what happened. One one singular incident. No, it's just yeah. it's a it's a combination of a lot of mm-hmm. things, you know, mm-hmm. that had to go right to have to put me where I'm at right now. Um so even since I was young, going through childhood trauma, neglect, and things like that, I've always felt like I was different and disconnected from, you know, other people. I didn't connect to other people. Even though I had family friends and all this other stuff, I always kind of felt like I was an, an outsider. You know, like I was like an alien, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was on the outside looking in on um, society and things like that. I didn't, my emotions didn't click like other people's did. I've, I've noticed that from a very early age, eight, nine years old. I was just like, what is, what are y'all doing? This? I've been seeing people hold hands. Like, why are y'all holding hands? Oh, what makes you wow. care? About, what makes you care about this person so much that you would mm-hmm. hold their hand? You know, you would hug them or kiss them. And I always wanted to fit in and feel normal. So I would just mimic people. But I knew there was a problem. I knew there was problematic when I was young. Like, even like mm-hmm. when, my, the lack of empathy kicked in when we were like, I remember I just discovered this in therapy last year. I've been in therapy for six years, but year five of therapy was still having breakthroughs. Um, My therapist was like, when was the first time you had an a, a instance of your lack of empathy? And I just had it go into my memory. And I just remembered we were outside in like mm-hmm. first or second grade. And we were like on a, it's like a a dome of monkey bars. Like you can climb Oh, I remember those. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this one kid was on top of like, he had climbed to the top and he was like hanging upside down. And- oh. He was like hanging upside down, just like playing around, like hanging up, it was like, ooh, look at me. And then he fell. And it hurt his arm or something like that. And he started screaming and crying. And mm-hmm. I was like, dang, he hurt himself. He like kind of landed near me. I was like, dang, he hurt himself, this sucks. But then the teacher like, we all gotta go inside, gotta go, go call, the amb- call the ambulance, get him taken care of. And I was angry. I remember screaming at the little boy because he got, because he ended my time, you know?
0: Oh, was, okay. You
1: know, because it affected me because now we gotta go inside because he was careless, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, damn, I've re- 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 remembered that now. So it's always been incidents like that. Um, so kind of going through my adulthood, I always kind of knew I was different. It, that didn't stop as a child. I was growing into a teenager, adult or whatever. I'll be in a room full of people. And I would, I always still feel like an outsider, you know? But one, one of the things mm-hmm. that helped me integrate myself into groups and stuff, stuff like that was me just being funny. That's why humor is my defense mechanism. I say it's self-defense, yes. it's like, I find humor in everything, you know? Um, so they helped me connect to a lot of people like, Hey, Lee's funny, man. You, you can make you laugh with <laughs> most crazy stuff. You know, that's how people would do it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> growing up, they helped me integrate into people, but all my relationships would start ending in the same way. Like I'll be in love with somebody that had the love of my life. And then one day I'll wake up and look at them differently. I'm like, what am I doing with you? Is this who I was? Is this my life? Is this is my yeah. life supposed to be. Is this how life is supposed to be? One, one person? This is boring. You know, and I would blame the other person and somehow, some way, shape or form, we end up breaking up. And that kept going through my life until I, I got married. And then the same situation happened with my wife. And I was just like, this is, I was just upset, upset with my life. I was like financial rock bottom, like life wasn't going the way it was going. We had a, like a six month old baby and she had went to work or something. She had went to the gym or something. I had mm-hmm. some work to do. I was like, God, I was so angry. I was like, I gotta feel my work. And then she left. And I remember my son was not, stop stopped crying. So I'm in the house yelling, trying to get in to be quiet. And she just happened to come home early. And then she, what was she was like, what are you doing? And I said, he won't shut the hell up, you know, just like, Aww. and then she's like, me and her got to argue and then she decided to, to leave. I was like, get the hell out then. She's like, God, it's so hard to live with a narcissist. And I was like, what? The hell you call me? Like, you're a narcissist. I, you know, I thought dark was cocky, <laughs> con- cocky, conceited people. You know, that's what I thought mm-hmm. it was. Cocky conceitedness. And she left. I'm sitting there angry. like, why the hell she called me that out of all the things that she could have called me, you know? She chose that n word, you know. just like, so she was just like in that space right there. I was like, okay, huh? So I got on Google, I looked it up, I typed in narcissist, and it, it was like, did you mean narcissistic personality disorder? I was like, what the hell is that? I was like, huh? I didn't mean that because I just typed in the word narcissist, yeah. And then
0: yeah. narcissistic
1: personality disorders on the side, and I was like, what does that mm-hmm. mean? I, was like, I clicked on it. And then the symptoms and the signs pretty much answered the questions I had been asking myself, why I felt different, why I didn't connect to people. Mm. It's like the, the signs and the traits of narcissistic personality disorder were pretty much like answers to all the questions I had been asking myself. I was like, damn, I am, you know, <laughs> this is yeah. what's going on. This is, it gave me the, it's like kind of like a cathartic moment. It was kind of freeing. I'm like, damn, this is me. Yeah. Wow. I was like, dang, so this is, this explains so much in my life. Mm-hmm. So, what is is also could be debilitating? You're like, damn, I got a personality disorder, you know. But it's just like, at least I have the answers, at least I know what to work on. You know, it's just yes. kind of like, at least I know what to work on. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, you just, at least I know, as opposed to just guessing, well, I might, you know, I might be an empath. I have too much empathy. You know what I mean? You can, if I have, if <laughs> yeah. I work, if I'm working on the wrong thing, yeah. it's like, if I break my arm, like. Uh, go to the doctor with a broken arm there's like here put your leg up we're gonna, we're gonna put your leg in the cast I'm like my arm is broken though you know at least i know what i'm working on. i know what the right. healing yeah. fix so that just led me going like the only answer is therapy there's no pill i was like pills for no shit there's no <laughs> there's no medication to, like, that would be i could pop a couple pills in the morning and just keep it moving you know just yeah. like wake up in the morning got my little glass beside of oh, my little nightstand like yeah my, my, my nurse my nurses just some pills and some water to wash it down no just, <laughs> you know there's nothing there, so just yeah. like, go to go to therapy <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, that's so, so good though that's so good, and that's so like it's such a good point that you know i it resonates too because it's like once you know, even if you're like, oh man, I don't want that answer, it is an answer, and so once yeah. you have an answer, you're not in this in between this painful in between place of, I don't know why I don't fit a certain way, but yeah. now there's an answer. So I can move up from here. I can go from here. Yes. Um, and that's when you started going to therapy, which is amazing and and brave, you know, it's really brave. Um, so why did you, uh, or how did you start to go from like going to therapy and healing to, I think I'm going to be open and tell the world, which it's not something that's common. Right. A lot of people don't say, "Hey, guess what? I have narcissistic personality disorder," which is really brave and awesome. Um, so, how did you go from that place of acceptance and like healing to I'm going to now tell people exactly who I am, fully transparent, mask off, and I'm going to help others?
1: Um, so that, right, so the story I just told you about me um, finding out and going to therapy mm-hmm. that was in 2017. Wow, so, okay. So, 2017 I started going to therapy, got diagnosed in 2018. So, mm. fast forward to 2020, like March, April 2020. Um, like the pandemic was creeping in, I had missed a yes. few therapy appointments and <clears throat> so my wife had left again. You know, she was like, "Okay, he, he needed to revert back to his old behaviors cuz I stopped going to therapy." Um, and she just decided to leave. And I was like, Ugh. I had missed like four therapy appointments. Yeah, uh, oh. I go at least go once a month. And we were going to the therapy, and I'm gonna tell my therapist. I went be back to the therapist. She's like, I haven't seen you in a couple months. What's been going on? What's new? I thought, well, my wife left, and she was like, hmm, "What'd you do?" You know, she immediately blamed me. She's like, "What'd you do?" I was like, yeah. me? What me? Why gotta be me?" You know. But she, uh, she, I've been talking to her for two and a half years, so she knew who I was. You know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I asked her like, how, "You know, how can I get her back?" She's like, "In my therapist, she, my therapist is legit with me because you can't." you can't work with narcissists unless you actually or be they can take some Honest. honesty
0: mm-hmm. so
1: i was like so she said um you can't i was like wait i can't you know she's like let me rephrase that so like, you can you're very talkative you're funny you can you can talk your way back into it. you have a kid together so there can be your entrance you know you can you can talk your way back into the relationship but when you when she realized that you haven't changed you'll be going through this again so you have to commit to yourself sometimes you yeah. have to release you got to catch and release type stuff. You got to release, you know, if it comes back, if the, you know, you got to catch the fish and you'll release it. If it jumps back in the boat, then it wants to be cooked, you know, just like okay. <laughs> it, wants, it, wants to be, it wants to be kept. Um, so, she, so yeah, they other back in 2020. So I just went on that journey. A few months later, she moved back in and I was just like, how do I keep myself accountable without, you know, in case I miss, I can't just always depend on therapy because every time my therapist has a baby or something like that, I would always Revert back because she would be out. She would be out the office. You know, she would have a baby. Oh, okay. So that's why I didn't go to. I was missing therapy appointments because, like, money. could Therapy is expensive. But then also, yes. she. I think she had had a baby at the time too. So it was just like, I'm just everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm bouncing around. You know. So I was like, I need to find a way to hold myself accountable. And I had already started another TikTok account. I had been on TikTok for about four or five months, and I had been doing personal development. You know, I'm 38 right now. So mm-hmm. at the, at the time in 2020, I was 30. Thirty four, thirty five. Um, I had been doing personal development since I was twenty years old, so I had already had so many years of personal development on my belt. So I was just like, therapy is personalized personal development. It's personal development for me, because you know Tony Robbins, everybody, Lex Brown, Jim Rome, all those people the yes. Those are yep. those are th- those are motivational speakers for the masses. Yeah, therapy is like my own personal motivational speaker that is catered towards me, so mm-hmm. it's like personalized personal development. So that's why it helps me out. So I'm just like, I gotta find a way to hold myself accountable. So one of the motivational speakers I listened to is Gary Gary V Gary Vee, uh, Gary yeah. And he was like, get on TikTok, 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 TikTok. TikTok. So I started TikTok in January of that year, just being funny. Um, but then I was just like, I thought I posted a couple of mental health videos on it, but they didn't do anything. People were like, what the hell is this? Are you were being funny, but now he's, it's, this is dramatic. Like, we don't want to see this. <laughs> so I was like, let me start another account. Um, I had like a hundred thousand something thousand on that account. I was like, let me oh, start wow. from zero. Yeah, I, have okay. a, I have another TikTok account. I have another TikTok account with like two hundred fifty thousand people on it. It's funny. I just I, I i be cracking jokes for real. Um but I was just like, Dude, people didn't want to see that because it's so it's such a different side of it. So I started another TikTok account in May of that year and I was on my way to therapy. I was like, okay. I was on, on my way back to therapy. I was like, let me just do this i'm gonna just post it if it fail i can always go back to my other TikTok account just be funny again no, no none the wiser people be none the wiser so i posted my first video saying i had narcissistic personality disorder and i wanted to be an open book and just talk about my journey here and mental health stuff like that because i know i was suffering in silence and i just feel like other people suffer in silence you just yes. retreat with it. it's so easy to retreat within yourself you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to. I was just like, let me talk about this online. So I just made my first video and just posted, I posted a video on the therapy. And I went back to my other account. I'm, like, I'm going to go to my other account. So, so if I get any negativity, I ain't going to be able to read it till later on, you know? So <laughs> it's kind of like throwing the grenade and running away from <laughs> it.
0: Like, You're you know? hit and run, I'm out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to crack a joke here real, real quick but yeah so i did that and i went back and it was pretty much received in a positive manner People was like wow i never wait you can't be a narcissist because there's this that I'm like yeah, i was on the way to therapy for it i don't know what to tell you you know this is me yeah um but then i didn't have any intentions on it being as big as it is, is mm-hmm. as it is now you know i would rather be doing the funny stuff because there's like <laughs> it's, it's just released but i can do both you know so i've integrated my comedy stuff into yes. my mental health stuff um That's my therapist. Like, just do both because you're gonna feel like you turn yourself into two people two different people if you're trying to become a comedic and then serious. Just be serious. Be a serious comic. Like just like talk Mm -hmm. about serious stuff in a humorous way because that can help people heal. Um, that's what I started doing. I just like started just talking about it and just answering questions, and it just kind of took off from that point forward, you know. Here we are now.
0: Yeah, and you, you know, the way you talk about it, you are very transparent. And you guys, I again I'll I'll leave the links in the show notes, but if you haven't. If you haven't checked him out and his page out, you need to like, it's, you just need to, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of videos where you're extremely transparent and you talk about very serious things, but there's also videos where it's extremely transparent and it is funny. You know, I mean, the thing is like you mentioned spectrum, Yeah. everybody unpopular opinion, everybody has narcissistic traits. Everybody walk on the earth. I have them everybody I know has them, you know,
1: yeah.
0: um, it narcissism, like all the other traits, right. They run on a, a spectrum. Um, and so when you're seeing some of these videos that I think are, you know, they are funny, they're meant to be funny, some of them. And I'm like, I can look back in time and I'm like, Oh man, haven't we all had our ego hurt at some point and acted out misbehaved acted yeah. like a child, if you will. Right. There's times when I look back, um, when I was in my own stuff, I was, I have an issue. I had an issue with drinking. And when I would drink and like someone hurt my ego, I acted like a four-year-old, yeah. you know, I thought it was an adult response, but it totally wasn't. Um, so when it comes to, I, I was going to ask about dating, but this can actually apply to any type of, cause I've, I've like I said, I've encountered friends, ex-friends that I think are definitely ha- at least highly narcissistic. So when it comes to dating and meeting people in general, can you advise the listeners of like what red flags to be looking for in someone that might be a narcissist potentially?
1: So I was, it, it's kind of hard to tell first, mm-hmm. second, so me, I have like a radar now. i just kind of like narcissist radar. I wish I, could, I wish I could just bottle it up, but I can't, <laughs> but I tell people just trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. Like yes. the first thing, you, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. You know, your intuition is kicking in just kind of is warning you right then and there. You are your own red flag. Your body or your mind is just like, no, this ain't it. But your, your eyes are like, but this is it. They are gorgeous. You know, you, you, <laughs> when your attraction is overriding, your if you, if you feel wrong, but you feel like your attraction is overriding your intuition, you're going to lose 100% of the time. It just like, it, it, really, it really, your heart and your mind have to be in alignment with somebody And that's what I know sometimes, like, that's what I tell people, always slow down with somebody because you don't really know someone until you see them angry. I know people just say, Mm. you don't know know someone until you live with them. Yeah. Yeah. But until you see them angry and how they handle anger and criticism, you don't really know that person. Yeah. You know, so find how how they handle rejection or you setting boundaries. So I tell people, find a way to say no. Yeah. That's the the key right there. Find a way to say no to something. Like I said, because... In the beginning of a relationship, I know it's it, it's easy to say yes to everything, especially if you like someone. Like yes, 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 yes. If you don't, well, if you don't want to do something, say no. It's a movie, um, that Jim Carrey is in called The Yes Man. And ah, yes. He was saying yes to everything, every single thing, even yeah. if he didn't want to do it. But then it was something, that, it was something that he really didn't want to do. And Zoe Deschanel, she could sense it. She was like, "You, you don't really want to do this, do you?" He's mm-hmm. like. Yes, I do. You know, just, just like, no, you 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 were off. So just test people by saying no. Like, find a way to say no. I, oh, that, that doesn't make me comfortable. Find ways to set boundaries. And don't bend your boundaries for anybody. You know, don't. If you don't kiss on the first date, don't kiss on the first date. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Because they'll expect more. You Because, like, you're setting the precedence. You know, I don't kiss on the first date. But then you end up kissing on the first date. You're setting the precedence for the rest of the relationship. Because now they already violated your first boundary. Now they're gonna keep doing it. Why wouldn't they? You know, so I just feel like slow down, take your time. Narcissist speed is the weapon of narcissists. Oh. If you feel like you're getting swept off, swept off of your feet, it's typically to drop you on top of your head. Yeah. So you know, so, <laughs> it, you know tell people to slow down. It's just like well, swept me off. That my is feet. like,
0: oh my God. I was gonna ask you about love bombing, and that kind of ties into that, where it's like, God, that is so that, yeah. <laughs> Speed is the weapon. Yes.
1: Um. Yeah. So down because yeah. Not, so a lot of people love bomb. Not only do narcissists love bomb. Yeah. But not a not not a lot of not a lot of people love bomb. Mm-hmm. But like I said, narcissists love bomb with intent. So I tell people just like how do they handle when you don't want to do something? Like, like you no know, love bombing. You feel is it's the euphoric feeling. You feel like you're, you're yep. you you're just heaven on earth type stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, just like just tell people, you the, the easy way to spot it is to say no or just push back on it a little bit. Set a boundary because if you don't, mm-hmm. then I'm just telling you, you it, it it happens to so many people. It really, really does. It, it's just one of those things that like, the, when the red flags pop up, don't put them in your pocket. You know, if they're if they willfully handing you a red flag, hey, all my exes are crazy. It's kind of like, like they literally hand it to you like, here, all my exes are crazy. You see it? Don't put it in your pocket, you know, just like, oh, let's. I used to say,
0: don't wear it. Don't walk into it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't
1: don't, Don't wear it as drugs. Yeah.
0: Don't
1: put it in your, don't, (laughs) don't use it as a handkerchief, you know, just like, don't wear it like that. Cause like at dinner table, it's just like, yeah. Ask questions, ask deep penetrating questions, penetrating questions. Because Most narcissists will want to be surface level.
0: Oh, that's, that's, that's huge. I didn't even think about that Yeah.
1: Narcissist say most some some of them will like. There's no foolproof way because there's like just as I just did a video about this on my YouTube channel. Um, just as much as empaths and codependent people are are growing to victims of narcissists, there's so much information out there for them. Narcissists are evolving as well. You know, they Mm -hmm. the information. Oh, I used to want to do this, but now I'm not going to do this. So (laughs) make people earn Mm -hmm. your information. If they're asking you deep, penetrating questions, ask them the same thing. Don't yeah. let them just like you tell them some type of traumatic story oh, and gosh. then they just like, oh man, it sucks. And then they go on to something else. Make, like, tell me, hey, you, I gave you some trauma, you got to give me something back. Don't get, get, <laughs> beat, beat me in the middle. Because like yeah. had, if there's not a, one of the red flags I tell people about is if it's not an equal you know, distribution of information back and forth, if it's yeah. like you're just giving and not receiving, then this, this red flag, it, they're just taking information to analyze you with. To concoct their character with and whatnot. They're creating their character when you're giving them all this information.
0: That just gave me chilled. It's true though. It's so, it's like, um, cause one of the things that I I've 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 worked on, but one of the things that I used mm. to do is I'm transparent to help people as well with my own stuff, mine's sobriety and stuff like that. Um, mm. and PTSD and stuff like that. But I would overshare, like I wouldn't just tell people things, but with the person that I dealt with, for example, like he asked a lot of questions out the gate. He came on strong, he swept, swooped me off my feet. Um, <laughs> and he asked a lot of questions and I took it as, oh, he really wants to get to know me. He wants get to know me, yep. He cares, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like telling yep. him everything. And then I would ask him something and he wouldn't divulge much. It wasn't until I was ready to leave. And that's when he hit me with everything that he had been through in his childhood. And so of course yeah. I was like, wanting well, need to stay now, you know, cause, um, but yeah, you guys like match someone's energy. I, you know, I like to say match them narcissistic or not just people in general. Cause there's, there's takers in the world. They don't have to have narcissistic personality disorder. There's just, there's just some mean people out there that yes. aren't working on themselves that, um, will take advantage of any, anybody really. And yeah. if they, like you mentioned, um, something really important of like, if you tell somebody a boundary and then you don't abide to your own boundaries, you can't expect others to like, if you don't abide to it, they're going to think that you're not serious and they will take advantage. Um, And so that's something that, yeah, I've seen that a lot. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Um, So when it comes to, and I would say being in a relationship, but you guys, this applies to romantic friendship. This applies to parents. Even if you have a narcissistic parent, um, what does an abuse cycle typically look like from like what we call or what we hear about love bombing to devaluing? And how does that escalate to a lot of your videos cover this danger zones?
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I that's what I actually that's my next project I'm working on now, but I actually about to release that in the next couple uh on, in February, in the very beginning mm-hmm. of February, is the cycle of narcissistic abuse, toxic abuse from the perspective, from my perspective. You know? Yeah. So typically the, there's the to the normal the normal cycle is four stages, you know the normal cycle is love bombing, devaluation, discard, and hoover sometimes Hoover not all oh, of hoover okay either. um so it goes from love bombing they 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 love bomb you pretty much. they become whoever you need them to be mm-hmm. to devaluation to they they take the love away, you know devaluation is when they disconnect from you emotionally whatever they just like they're not the same person that you fell in love with then Mm -hmm. they typically get rid of you through the discard phase. Not always physically, you know, I always believe that there's two forms of discard. There's an emotional discard Mm -hmm. and then there's a physical discard. Everybody gets emotionally discarded, but not everybody gets physically discarded. Like they'll stay with you. They'll be out of love with you and stay with you. They'll keep you around. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear people just say, we were like roommates. You know, we went from lovers to roommates. We just we just co-parent in the same house. We don't even talk anymore. You see it's, it's, you hear that right there. It's like they yeah. emotionally gotten rid of you, but they keep you physically around, maybe for finances, maybe because they don't want to see you or anybody else, whatever it is. Um, but then if they physically do get rid of you, not all of them will try to come back. Some of them a lot of them will try to come back in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form, try to remain relevant in your life. Um, but that's the typical cycle. what, what I've done is added three, three more steps to my cycle. Okay, from my perspective. So mm-hmm. the typical cycle, love bombing, devaluation, discard, Hoover. My cycle goes, the first stage is not love bombing. The first stage is, I call it selection. It's why you get picked. It's why you, they chose you. Why you were picked to love bomb. Because not everybody gets love bombed. You know, mm-hmm. some people, first date, we do whatever, and then I don't ever talk to you again. You know, because you you served your purpose. Not everybody gets love bombed. Then it goes from selection to love bombing to what I call fracturing. What happens to get you discarded. You know what happens oh. to get you. To what happens to start the devaluation phase? Mm-hmm. You know why they start to see you differently. Now I told you earlier, all of my relationships, I would just wake up one day and look at the person differently. That's the fracturing. Something happens between the love bombing and the devaluation. There's a fracturing mm-hmm. stage that happens right there. So they start to look at you different. Your flaws start to pop up. You do, yeah. have, boundaries. You do have boundaries. Maybe you, in the beginning you weren't setting boundaries, but now y'all getting to know each other, it's like, hey, I'm not really comfortable with that. Now they look at you differently. Yep. Yeah. Or it could be your past, something like that. You used to, you remind me of my old boyfriend, your old boyfriend. And it's somebody that they know you are, you see what I'm saying? Now they look at you differently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then they look at you differently. So it goes from fracturing to devaluation Mm. and then from devaluation to discard. And then from discard, I added a stage called storage because they put you in like the little storage recycle bin because they don't hoover anybody. this is how you determine who gets recycled or hoovered you see so i have a few different stages it's coming out here in the next uh next couple weeks Um, i can't wait for that (laughs) that actually just recorded very recently
0: yeah that explains a lot better um because for people that don't have narcissistic personality disorder we have a hard time understanding how do you go from like i'm so in love with you to you know but when you explain it is it's not something that it's not necessarily like a light switch is the way i'm understanding it it's more like something there's a trigger point something does happen um whether it's you know like you said you're the person is now setting boundaries and in my case that was what happened i set a boundary and it was like oh my i was like the devil you're know, mm-hmm. setting a boundary you
1: you're no longer per- you no longer perfect for yeah. them like this what no. happens like they yep. see you in their love bombing stage they idealize you so you're perfect to them but when you start setting boundaries and they start seeing your flaws yep then you're no longer you're no longer perfect to them like you and it, they treat you like a liar like, like you lied to me like you present, oh you presented yourself in a false manner
0: that's you know man okay yes yes you lied Actually, to me yeah it's I, not you.
1: you didn't lie you, said, right. you didn't lie you just I idealize you I think you're perfect for me so I love I'm you but then like something happens like you might say no you might set a boundary mm. and now it's just like I thought you didn't have boundaries. You lied to me. So now I'm treating you like a liar. Because now I, I'm treating you like you've been disingenuous towards me. And yeah. i now I'm angry. Now I'm angry at myself for picking you. I resent myself. So the internal resentment is expressed externally towards you. So they start treating you badly because they that explains badly so badly. much.
0: I'm looking back, like, oh my God, because I got called a liar. And I I'm I, l- <laughs> listen, everybody has yep. flaws. Everybody's got stuff. Like I've been yeah. called thing, whatever, you know. Uh, but one thing I wasn't called as a liar. So when I got caught a liar, I'm like, what? I was genuinely confused. Like, what did I do? Um, but that makes sense. And you mentioned, uh, you know, putting someone in the storage van or, you know, I I've said before, it feels like on the receiving end, it feels like we're put on a, on a shelf, you know, like, okay. Mm -hmm. So when you were a little kid and you get Mm -hmm. the toy that you've always wanted and you're like, Oh my God, I love this toy. I'm so excited. I'm going to love it forever. And you play with it and it's great. And then you see another toy and you're like, this toy is crap and you just like throw it to the side mm-hmm. for this other toy. That's like how it's. Yeah. The, the,
1: the analogy I typically use is actually that very analogy, but the movie toy story. Um, oh,
0: okay. Woody and
1: Buzz like mm-hmm. Andy, Andy love Woody. Like Woody, was like you're <laughs> my favorite deputy, you know, just had Andy on his head, had Andy on his foot and everything. He loved yeah. Woody, but you know, Buzz like you come Woody under the bed. You know Woody, in, Woody in the toy <laughs> chest, and everybody else. He yeah. still, he still, he still would pull Woody out the toy chest every once in a while.
0: Yeah. But Buzz,
1: but Buzz was his guy now. Buzz was his. Buzz was the the, the new supply. You see, Woody's still yes. around. He didn't yeah. throw Woody away. Get Woody around. You know, Woody just yeah. watching him treat Woody in the in the toy chest, peeking out, watching him treat Buzz good. He's like damn, that should be me. That used to. That, be
0: I know that sucks, you know, and that's something that um, so and it's. I like how you said storage too because it's like, um, you may go back to that person, right? Mm-hmm. If Might this new you. person, yeah, if this new person or whatever the scenario isn't meeting your expectations, you may go, Oh, God, well, screw them. I'm gonna, you know, go back to this person. Um
1: Or even if it is meeting your expectations, you can still keep the other person around because you don't wanna see them with anybody else. Like I can still be Ooh, happy. Yeah. The, I can still be happy with yeah. this new person, but I don't want to see you with nobody else. So I just kind of just I need some time to myself. Like just give me a little time to think and just to see what I really want. You know, just give me some we just need space to Bread figure crumbing. out what we really want. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm like it then they might they might actually start telling you that you're they're unhappy with the new person, but they they can't leave because I just can't leave right now because I'm connected to the kids and we work together. I just don't know what to do. But I love you and I want you just wait on me. Just give me time, you know.
0: Yeah. So and that's why I say to people, and this is like something I learned too. And other, my friends, some of my friends have gone through the same thing where it's like, believe someone's actions, not their words until they earn that trust over, mm-hmm. like you mentioned over time, you know? Um, now we hear a lot about narcissistic rage, you know, and I have seen on the, I don't want to say smaller end, because things like silent treatment are extremely damaging, right? Um, Mentally and emotionally, it can be really damaging, but you also see, you know, and even some of the videos that you post where you have trigger warnings where a guy or girl, an alleged female or male narcissist is literally raging out. through It can be quite scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for people that are haven't heard that term narcissistic rage, what is that and how can that escalate?
1: Um, anything can set off narcissistic rage. So this mm-hmm. is my perspective, you know, I feel like the silent treatment is a version of narcissistic rage. Yeah. It's just I call it okay. I call it silent rage. Because it's still, it's, it's achieving the same goal, pretty much. It's like, I want to hurt you in some way, shape, or form. Okay. So is the, the goal is just everybody doesn't yell and scream. So I just remove the yelling and the screaming. I remove all communication. The goal is the same. They just go about getting it differently. That's why I say the difference between a, a covert and an overt narcissist is the, how they behave, but the goal is still the same. Yeah. They have the same goals, just different methods of achieving those goals. So one of the things I tell you about the narcissistic rage is like when mm-hmm. they lose their damn minds and they lose control of their mental faculties and they snap on you. And they're yelling and screaming and throwing things and punching the wall around you, threatening you, whatever it is, you know, there's varying levels of rage because some of them don't go, you know, you hear mm-hmm. this is when you hear people say, ah, let's go black. Um,
0: yes, Rage gets worse though.
1: <laughs> I just feel like yeah. when the rage, rage escalates, you know, i just say, if if it doesn't work, cause rage is supposed to scare you to get, get one of their needs. When they are not getting their needs met, in some way they just get angry because anger is easy you know anger is just easier than trying to communicate on an emotional level so i'm going to use this emotion of anger of rage to get my needs met Mm -hmm. i'm not it's kind of like a kid narcissistic rage is the adult version of a temper tantrum
0: yeah yeah and it's actually you know it's like you think about it like um when you see a three-year-old throwing a fit you know you're like okay but when you see an adult, it can be quite scary and extremely dangerous, you know, like you mm-hmm. mentioned in a lot of your videos. Um, and it someone can actually, because one of the things that I was um, curious about, but you've answered it in one video, how someone can actually, the label doesn't matter as much as I think the behavior, right, to watch out for, but someone can be an, a covert and an overt because I dealt with that that person was yeah. both and he would go silent for days on end, but then... Um, the breaking point for me was he he punched his car right near my face mm-hmm. and it scared the crap out of me. So that yep. was my okay. I gotta go. But um, it is it's it's important to uh, speak on like someone can be both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's
1: just, it's just like depending on it's kind of like depending on the environment. You know. Right. Like they might rage behind closed doors, but they be, they give you the it in public. Like yeah. some of them, like some of them will go back and forth, you know, just to get the, whatever need they have getting met, mm-hmm. but they also wanted to protect their reputation in certain, in certain spaces as well. Oh you
0: know, yeah. That's cute. They don't want to
1: yell and scream at you in public. Cause that's in public, you know, just like, they start be getting super passive aggressive. So you hear grunts and noises and things like that. They yeah. ignore you. They act like you don't exist. They pretty much stonewall you. Mm-hmm. They treat you like you don't matter. You don't exist in public, but you get behind closed doors. This is when they're pushing cars and throwing stuff and, you know, sometimes they'll hurt themselves and try to get you in trouble. They'll, they'll, they'll take it to the next level. They'll start scratching and hitting themselves. And I'm going to tell people you did this, you know? So yeah. That could happen too.
0: I've seen some of that on her videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like something I have a friend that, um, he, anyway, he, he, his ex wife was, uh, she had pretty sure she had narcissistic personality and that's what she would do she would like hurt herself. When he was walking yep. away, she would hurt herself and she would call the police and try to blame it on him, Yeah. which is, he's a big guy. So it's like, <laughs> who are you going to mm-hmm. believe? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's but a setup. It, yeah, it was a total setup. Um, And you actually posted something the other day where a guy, was it a guy? Yes. It was a, a guy who was recording his ex. It was over money or something.
1: Uh, yesterday. Uh, from Martell Holt and them. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. and he was recording his ex. You guys and she was she in the video. She was the one that was like freaking out and yelling and stuff. But as you mentioned, like sometimes, uh, this kind of behavioral pattern over and over again can trigger mm-hmm. reactive abuse, um, and the person on the receiving end. Um, but so it's dangerous in many ways. You know, when dealing with someone that's not working on it or going to therapy as it can, you know, violence can escalate. Um, and it can get to the point where someone unalives somebody, as you've said in your videos before. Um, yes. so what advice would you give someone who's dealing with someone who potentially has narcissistic personality disorder and is raging out and how, you know, what would you say to them?
1: I was just like just try to be try to do what you can do to this de escalate the rage. Don't mm-hmm. go back and forth with the person, you know. Don't antagonize it. I mean, antagon- ant- antagon- being antagonistic yep. is in the <laughs> in the eye of the whoever's receiving it, because they can view you not talking to them and not engage with them as you being antagon- antagonistic. Look, like, oh oh, you're gosh. not gonna talk to me. You're not going you You don't have anything to say. You like if you trying to be silent and just ignore them and just let them calm down. Like, you you don't have nothing to say. They'll get madder. Yep. But if you if you can leave the area, I would suggest you leave in the area and things like that. But sometimes you you know yeah. survival. Think, think yeah. survival first, especially if you have kids, because everybody's situation, everybody can just, like, I'm going to run out of the house. You have kids in the house. You don't want to leave your kids in there with that rage, you know? So it's yeah. just like everybody's situation is going to be different. So i just like, think survival first, you know? Ask yeah. yourself before you before you speak, ask yourself what's the benefit of saying this. I know it's easy to say this right now, but in the moment when you're experiencing this, it's completely different. You you fear, you know, it's kind of like fight or flight. Your fight or flight kicks in. You're like, oh, damn, I don't want He's going to go crazy. He's going to hit me. He's going to do something like this. Mm-hmm. So you you just, like, in these spaces, like well, like you just ask yourself, what, are, what goal are you trying to achieve? Is survival is your goal? Sometimes you you don't want to antagonize them, so you just, you know, I'm not saying blindly agree with them on everything that they mm-hmm. say, but don't try to push back on it when they're losing their minds, especially if you think they're dangerous. They If they put their hands on you before and they presented danger to you before, right now is the worst time to try to be antagonistic because they will... Yeah, you know, try to take.
0: Yeah, of like pick your battles, yes. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, um, live live to fight another day. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. And it's uh, someone said to me like years ago, "Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy?" You know what I mean? Like pick your battles. You know. Um, but for people that can, people that are in a position where they can go no contact, what does that truly entail? Like, what does that mean to? If you could explain it to the listeners
1: no contact is no contact no access to you mm-hmm. like you you're going no contact in order to heal and be safe and to to live your life to the best to to get away from this person pretty much to be able to heal and grow yourself and to be able to move forward with your life and no contact means no access like yeah. we not we're not talking there's no no line of communication open unless you have kids or something like that mm-hmm. said, if you have kids so if you don't this is my advice so if you don't have kids with so a narcissist don't have them um <laughs> Yes. Cause it makes, it makes life so much harder. Yeah. You. It just, it really does. But in this space right here, like, if you don't have kids, like you can't, you don't have anything together. Sometimes you don't even want to tell them that you're going to go no contact with them cause they might lose their minds and start popping up on you. Just like think survival first because people will stalk you. People will pop up at your job. Yes. People will pop up at your work because no contact means no access. And the mind of a narcissist, when you go no contact, they automatically assume you have somebody else. their mind mind automatically goes. you must have somebody else i hope you're happy i hope they're making you happy i gave you everything they will lose their damn minds so i was just like no contact means no access like Mm -hmm. even if they say in this craziness to you they're reaching out from fake numbers they're doing whatever it takes to try to get in contact with you you block you have to keep blocking but also don't go no contact until you're ready because this is Mm -hmm. what happens if you go to no contact and you keep breaking no contact, that narcissistic person just thinks that they have free reign over your life. Like you have no, you have no dominion over your own life. So before you go no contact with somebody, ask yourself, are you ready? For this? Just understand that this probably might mm-hmm. be the last time you ever hear from this person or talk to this person ever.
0: Yeah. Cause you know? ideally no contact is literally no yeah. contact. So that's no access. That's no blocking on emails, blocking. Cause you you might get random phone numbers calling you, blocking yeah. those, blocking random social media ads, you know, but also don't look at their stuff either. Yes. <laughs>
1: if this is not, you're not contacting them technically, yeah. but you're still in it. You know, you yeah. want to be out of it. Look, you know, when you're looking at their stuff, I called it, you know, I had a therapist. Uh, I did a one-on-one with a therapist and she was like, yeah, I go pain shopping a lot. I'm like, what's that? And she's like, I go looking for things that's going to hurt me. So, what are you looking on that page for? Nothing on that page you you're going to look at is going to help you, make you feel good about mm-hmm. yourself. Because if you consider yourself an empath, or you have a lot of empathy yep. and things like that. Even if they're doing bad, that's going to make you feel bad. You see, yep. what I'm saying like, you, even if they're doing bad, like oh, they're down and out. Damn, I just God, I want to reach out. That's, even even if they, because I think people are just like I want to see, I want to see them hurting. I want to see them doing bad. And you see it? And you feel bad. You reach out. You do yeah so it's just like Mm -hmm. understand that even you gotta can't watch their stuff either because that doesn't help you heal and no contact means telling your friends that that are maybe mutuals or close to Mm -hmm. this person letting them know hey i'm no contact this is best for me um don't send me nothing unless it's a threat you know i'm looking for melissa yes (laughs)
0: yes i had to tell friends to don't update me on any i don't want to know don't update me you know um that's key. Uh, and I did have, so I, I had posted in my stories I was going to be interviewing you and someone asked me, she's like, can you please ask him about co-parenting with a narcissist? Because she's currently going through a divorce and it's a nightmare for her. So what advice uh, would you give uh, someone it really just co-parenting? It's such a
1: nuanced thing yeah. because it really just depends. No, co-parenting, so you can't really use that term when you talk when you deal with narcissists. You okay. they 'cause most most narcissists counterparent you. you know?
0: Ooh, okay. They
1: do things to try to antagonize you on purpose. They do they try to make your life harder, just being realistic. They just they mm-hmm. literally try to make your life harder through divorce, through the court system. Anytime you don't anytime they feel like you violate the court order, they take you back to court, they holding you in contempt, back and forth to the court, especially if they got money. You just they're gonna try mm-hmm. to drain you. You know, cause they want to exhaust you. A lot of times they feel like if I keep bringing you to court, if I keep making your life harder, you'll just give in and what giving in looks like is different for everybody. Giving in sometimes means giving up custody of the kids, oh. giving in, giving mm-hmm. in sometimes means going back to the relationship. Cause at least you didn't have to deal with this, you know, Um, you just, at least, you know, so I just feel like you have to stay strong with the co-parenting thing. And then also just, you know, it's only about the kids. It's hard to go no contact when you have, when you're trying to co-parent, just always yeah. just keep it about the kids. Like, I always tell people to look up parallel parenting because that means parallel like
0: parenting, okay.
1: Because parallel parenting means like you parent your way and they parent their way because they're going to try to cope. They're going to try to counter parent you anyway. Like whatever they you, hey, just so you know, we're vegetarian over here. They're going to be eating just all meat. They're going to take them <laughs> hunting and make them hunt their own meat. It's like we were deer hunting today. Hunting <laughs> deer and stuff. Yeah. It was, <laughs> They'll be like you see yeah. a picture. You go somebody somebody go see your picture. Like I thought you were vegetarian. Like you got your son on it with a deer. You know, oh my God. yeah,
0: some
1: fresh venison. We eat venison over here. Vegetarians yeah. go to hell. Something like that. You know, just sending yeah. subtle shots at you. So just they're going to counter parents. So just like pick your like you said earlier, pick your you have to pick your battles. Everything doesn't have to be a war. You know, you just have to pick your battles. Like if because they're going to antagonize you to say things to get you to mm-hmm. respond a certain type of way. Don't give them their reaction. I know it's, easy, uh, it's easier said than done. It's way easier said than done. But you don't want to give them that reaction because if you do, they feel like they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But I will also say this as well. I say be prepared to pivot. Change up who you are sometimes because like they're so used to you because y'all, if y'all were together for an extended period of time, they think they know you. They think they know how to get reactions from you. So they know what hurts you, what you do like, and what you don't like. So they're going to try to do certain things, you know. And also, don't trust the niceness If they all of a sudden be mean for a long period of time and then they flip and be nice, they want something.
0: Man, okay.
1: Don't trust the niceness. Don't trust it. You know, I was like, keep it, keep it cordial, whatever. Don't trust the niceness. Hey, just we've been doing pretty good co-parenting here lately. You know, just maybe we can (laughs) take the kids, you know, Melissa's birthday's coming up. Maybe we can Mm -hmm. just meet at the restaurant together as a family and just whatever, just you know. Show Melissa that we can be together. We can we can do this together. Mm-hmm. Like mommy and daddy don't hate each other. You know, don't watch out for the niceness. You're like, I don't think that's a good idea. Roar! You're going to see the real them coming right back out, you know? See, yeah. I was trying to be nice to you. I was trying to be nice to your ass. But now I can't, I see, I can, I see you now trying to, make, trying to be cordial. I'm going to make your life harder. So they, yeah. you know, just pick your battles.
0: Yeah, If it's not something battles. that you
1: want, if it's not something that you don't want to do, then don't do it.
0: Oh or just, If it's not
1: something you want to do then don't do it because you still have, you still have to set your boundaries and just be prepared for the reaction. You know how they're going to react. You you know, them,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, that's so key. Um, what advice would you give? So for people that are just starting this healing journey, um, whether it's leaving someone who was a narcissist or in, it could be anything, friendship, otherwise in their Because a lot of times, and this is something that I don't hear a lot, actually, you've spoken to it before, but when someone is, especially if you're super empathic and codependent and all that fun stuff, when you're leaving, you're finally leaving the situation, you can feel very, it's very common to feel very empowered for like a second. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you don't even know who you are anymore. You've lost your identity. You're very depressed. You know what I mean? It's like, it Mm -hmm. is like catastrophic. It is catastrophic. So for people that are just starting out on this healing journey, what advice would you give them?
1: Just understand that it comes in waves. Yeah. It's just like, if you can kind of close your eyes, like healing is kind of like this. You close your eyes and walk to the edge of the beach, you know, where cool. like the, the tide comes in, the, the low tide is coming in just enough to hit your toes. You close your mm-hmm. eyes, you're like I'm breathing in. This is what healing is. You know, it's just like every few minutes you feel the water hitting your feet. He's like, ah, oh, this is. I'm feeling very good right now, and you get your eyes closed, and all of a sudden you get hit by a big wave. You knock down. Yeah. it's going to come. Like tsunami's gone. you know, it's just like you didn't. You close your eyes, and a storm came. You were so you you so, you were at so so much peace that a storm came. You mm-hmm. didn't see it, and the tsunami wave hit you. It's just like just be prepared, you know, mm-hmm. because it comes in waves. You know, it's going, you're gonna have good days and bad days. Just acknowledge yeah. that your your feelings are valid. And that there's nothing you could have done more to save that person or fix that person. Mm. It's it's way less to do with you than it is to do it than you think it is. There's so yeah. many people just like feel like, well, I wasn't good enough for them to go get help. Yeah, that's not you. That they mm. they, are, they were not good enough for themselves because they have to help themselves. You gave them all you could do. You know, you turned, you left no stone un, un, unturned. Like, well, I yeah. didn't try marriage counseling because everything you, know, you you did you did everything you could do. Yeah. You know, just accept the acceptance that the relationship is over helps you heal. And it kind of, kind of helps you, mm-hmm. you know, keep your eyes open. So when the waves come, you know, they're coming. Yeah,
0: Right. And it's, you know, it's something that I think no matter what you're healing from, right? Yeah. This or anything really, like even you're in your own healing journey from your own, your own past, right. Where it's like mm-hmm. healing is not linear and that's nope. okay. Cause there's some days, even now, this is like years later, I wake up and I'm like, I'm just not okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and my friends talk about it too. And sometimes as humans, we, everyone does this where we judge ourselves. Like, yeah. I thought I was supposed to be over this by now. Why am I, you know, and it's like, have some, give yourself some grace. Um. So do you have, you kind of mentioned a few things that you have coming up. So for the listeners that are just, you know, listening to this now, uh, what events, do you have any events coming up that you like to speak on? Um, or is there anything else that you have? I know you said you're writing a book.
1: I'm writing two books. I'm writing I'm writing so I have my I have my so I haven't started I have the idea, the premise for both of them. Yeah. But one of them is a I have my own little kids book that's from people for kids like from three to three to ten. But I also have I'm writing a book right now from kids like 10 to 16, 10, like teenagers, like adolescent teenagers and whatnot, they're dealing with toxic households and toxic parents and things like that, toxic situations. Um but then I'm writing my own personal kind of like not not necessarily autobiography, mm-hmm. but you know my podcast is called The Narcissist Code. The book's gonna be called The Narcissist Code, It's just my mind, how I got here, yeah. what's going on, you know, and whatnot. But like I say, I have my I have a few different courses coming out. I have um that's in my video series that is coming up about the cycle of the seven stages of narcissistic abuse that is coming out um, next couple weeks. And I have uh, another video series called Thirty Days of Self Love, Healing, and Growth. Um,
0: Ooh, that I okay. just
1: recorded as well. Um, that's about to come out here. I have some it. it, it all just like you know, it, yeah. it's all coming out here pretty slowly, Like pretty pretty soon, I'm I'm redoing my website mm-hmm. and my events that I have coming up. I'm doing a work. I'm doing some online, also in person workshops. I have one coming up in Durham, North Carolina, and I think in the February, March, I think March is Houston mm-hmm. or Dallas, Texas, and then. I think i will be in the West Coast in April or May. Um,
0: <gasps> okay, good. So, I was just about uh, to ask you, when are you coming to California?
1: <laughs> yeah, so California, like I said, yeah, I think LA sometime April or May. You got to plan that out. Yeah, um, got some events coming up because I do want to. I'm about to be on some stages talking about this type of stuff and just you know doing motivational speaking things concerning this, you know, helping mm-hmm. people grow and heal and you know build and whatnot. So that's coming yeah. up pretty soon,
0: definitely. And I'm assuming, um, so everything that you're mentioning, um, if I link your website in the show notes people can access all of this amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. That's awesome. And yes, I will be, I'm like, I've got your notifications turned on. So (laughs) when you'd mention, (laughs) or when you start talking about, um, LA, i definitely, I want to see you. I know I have, I have a group of friends that will want to see you. So that would be really, really awesome. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. Once again, you guys, I will link Lee Hammock's links um, in the show notes to contact him, order his books, plural, or to book him. um, And please be sure to also look out for his events that are coming up where he's going to be speaking. Um, So please be sure to check out the show notes for all of that information. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend. If you would like to connect with me at the Melissa page on IG for more resources and life coaching breakthrough sessions. Thank you for listening and supporting me. If you're new and want to receive these and resources the minute that they come out, please email me at getting podcast at gmail.com. And I promise to only send you the good stuff. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah. Check out the show notes yeah. for today's details on yeah. the show. Well, and be me. sure to share I, with a I, I friend and subscribe. Yeah, I really I love I'm hearing feedback from you. So please leave uh, a review and let me know what resonated in the comments. Just a reminder, you matter, you are amazing and you are a warrior.